Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1 through 13, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 1 through 11, the gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, and Psalm 138. My name is the Reverend Dr. Mark Andrew Jefferson. I bring greetings from the Virginia Theological Seminary in Alexandria, Virginia. I thank Father Phil for the invitation. Thank you, friend, for the ways in which um, I've been warmly welcomed in the midst of this cold snap. Um, I am here because my seminary is on this interesting quest. We're turning 200 years old in 2023. And so I was asked in 2018 I'd be willing to preach 200 sermons around the world to commemorate this occasion. I majored in political science, not math. I didn't really add up how much time that would take, um, but it has been one of the great joys of my life to be able to travel and to meet God's people, even in the midst of these strange times that we're in. What I appreciate about the opportunity today is that I get four cracks at it. And so, not only does that count four off my list, um, but it provides four different approaches to our epistle reading. And so, the eight o'clock, we talked about the conjunction at the crossroads, the if of this conjunction here in Corinthians. The second service, we talked about the confession at the crossroads for the grace of God, I am what I am. And so our time today, we're going to talk briefly about a crisis of confidence at the crossroads. A crisis of confidence at the crossroads. It would seem strange for some that Paul would have to write this letter. Paul cared very deeply about the Corinthian church, a church that in many ways is at the crossroads. It sits at a very interesting place in what we know to be Greece now. It's 50 miles from Athens. It is at this interesting intersection of an isthmus. It is, you have the Peloponnesian Peninsula below, you have the mainland above, and you have Corinth operating at this interesting nexus of political, social, and cultural power. This city was indeed at the crossroads. In many ways, it harkens back to the history of Cincinnati, who borrows its name and some of its history from its Roman antecedents. So what we have here is this strange connection between Cincinnati and Corinth, places that imbibe this Roman history yet strive to push forward in its own way. The Apostle Paul, interestingly enough, is writing to his church because he cares so very deeply about them, but yet they find themselves trying to figure out how to be their faithfulness is being stretched and pushed because Corinth is a city full of temples. Temples to gods, temples to goddesses, temples that allow people to engage in sexual origins, temples that allow people to engage in food lust. They are engaged in whatever they want to do and it is sanctioned by somebody's God. This is a church, this Corinthian church, that operates from a different perspective than some because they are a bunch of Gentiles seeking to know Yahweh. So this burgeoning church, this new church, this church that does not have a New Testament to read is trying to figure out how to worship. 
How do we stay together when some have and some don't have? How do we stay together when people aren't able to properly adjudicate their bodies so they find themselves doing things they have no business? Paul gets word of this in Ephesus and he pins this letter of deep concern to try to address the issues that are affecting them in that day. They find themselves at the crossroads. Not just a geographic crossroad, but a crossroad of their faith. Dare I say, a crisis in confidence. For it takes very little confidence to believe in emperor worship. For Rome's power was ubiquitous. This was during the Pax Romana. This is when Rome was seeking to expand its power across the Mideastern and even to Europe. So in order for them to bring peace about, they brought peace with the sword. They brought peace with subjugation. So along with the prosperity that came with being aligned with Rome, Corinth knows what it's like to defy Rome. For Corinth was flattened and leveled in the 100s. BC, by the same Rome that came and built them up a hundred years later. So confidence in what Rome could do was easy. Confidence in what the gods of their day could do was easy. For in a cosmopolitan city, it's easy to give your allegiance to a God that allows you to do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. Belong to who you want to belong to for however you want to belong to them and then act like it didn't happen. There is no crisis of confidence in something that is so tangible and makes so much common sense. But Paul is saying to them, the gospel that you've been given though is not so common. It is not common sense. He goes on to lay out the fact that you've been given this gospel message. The gospel message of resurrection of the body. Oh, that rankled a few of the Jews and Greeks. For some of them believed in Platonism and Gnosticism. They didn't believe that the body was anything sacred to be carried about or taken into account. So they wanted to shun this body and let it go. But what's interesting about what happens here is that Paul is saying that our God cares so much about this earth. So much about our bodily reactions, our bodily life that we live, that Jesus became one of us. Became one of us so that in all ways we would know that he knows our situation. And he was subjugated to the same Roman forces that you all subject to today. So Paul is raising this by saying that you believe in the God of resurrection. A God of the tangible and the intangible. A God that loves you so much that God will give up God's self for you. And then the question becomes, if we believe in resurrection, do we love God enough that we'll give up our bodies for God? So this juxtaposition is operating at the core of what Paul is writing. He's saying that you can't have a Christian faith without the resurrection unless you believe in man. Paul goes down the mountain and says that if you have faith at all, your faith is incomplete without embracing the resurrection. My sister, my brother, you don't know what you believe until your faith is put 
You don't know what you believe until you find yourself so sick you can't heal yourself. So heartbroken you can't manage yourself. So distressed that no one can comfort you. Your faith at a crossroads. You don't know what it's like to really have to trust God until you don't know where the next meal is coming from. You don't know how that bill will be paid. You don't know how you're going to make it through the next day. This letter, this epistle, is a place for us to gather together as a church in the crossroads. Not just Church of the Redeemer. I'm sure there are plenty of nice people over here. And everybody's life is hot. But my sister and brother, this church is a microcosm of our country at a crossroads. Yeah, I even say our world at a crossroads. We find that young people are being targeted with social media that devalues and causes them to question themselves. We have adults acting like children. We have grandparents having to take care of their ch adult children's children. We have millennials who are unable to afford houses though we have good jobs. We have young people struggling to make sense of what it means to be faithful. I get a chance to preach at some of the most elite schools in the country. And these 11, 12, 14-year-olds are more stressed out than middle-aged folks. My sister and my brother, we are at a crossroads. And God is asking us, what are we going to believe and what are we going to do when we're faced with the mortality of our days? When we're faced with the sadness of our nights? Paul is saying to them, hold fast to the resurrection because God cares so much about you that God will resurrect God's own body so that you will have hope that God will resurrect you. This hope is a hope that these other gods couldn't give. This was a hope that the emperor couldn't give. Everybody else's power was given in this life for this life. But we have a gospel that saves us in the present and it saves us in the future. But these members of this Corinthian church had a choice. Were they going to go the way of the common sense? Where they're going to follow the way of the crucified Christ and resurrection into eternal life. I don't know what you'll choose. That's the beauty of human agency. You have the choice to make your own choice. But the God of the ages has been calling you from eternity past and has drawn you toward eternity present so that you can live with God in eternity future. But all of that is mitigated. All of that occurs with what we do in our bodies today. Paul was so very clear about the body that he used the body as a metaphor for the church. Some of us are hands. Some of us are feet. Some of us are the church's appendix. Some of us are God's toes. But this body that God cares about, this body metaphor that Paul uses is key for us to understand that God cares about each and every one of us. Will we extend that same love and grace to our colleagues, to our neighbors, to our friends? Will we love them enough the way that God loves us that we'll sacrifice our own good for their good? 
Will we try to make this world better for them or will we try to make it out of this world alive for ourselves? The resurrection calls us to ask bigger questions and to do bigger things. As you stand here, as you sit here, as you gather today, allow your crisis at the confidence of the crossroad of your life leads you to a deeper faith in God because God has faith in you.